get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all gonna die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Did I fall asleep? For a little while. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 42, and it is all about New Moon. It certainly is. It is, it is, it is. It's about the werewolves and the vampires, and we have some great guests to discuss that with you tonight. Since Miles and I, while we are into werewolves and vampires, we are not into the Twilight series, but we want to bring you some people who know a little bit more about it than we do. And we're going to be talking about tonight. My name is Scott Herzog. And I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And uh, it's good. It's a good show. We did the interview a little bit earlier with these two guys, and uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> How you been, Miles? Had a nice Thanksgiving. Had a little, little time off. It was good. Yeah, nice little break. You know, this is a two-week break. We were putting out podcasts every week, it seemed like, for a while. And that was our first break. And we'll have a break coming up here over Christmas. And that's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good, all good, all good. Well, we're going to find out a little bit more about what you've been delving into as far as sci-fi goes regarding television a little bit at the end of the show is kind of how we're going to place that. But really on tonight's menu, we're going to give you a little bit of trivia. We still have an IL, a Clifton Collins Jr. assigned print to give away, and a AL. Is it IL or AL? I think they pronounce it IL. IL. So IL. Um, print to give away. And we're going to be talking Twilight New Moon. And so if you don't know anything about it, we give a good recap of that. And we have two great friends of ours that will be bringing this. Uh, Terry, um, who's going to be giving the woman's perspective. And Don, who you've heard on the show. If you listen to the Sci-Fi Donner podcast from the beginning, he was one of the early uh, hosts of the Sci-Fi Donner podcast, and we brought him back on since he is an avid follower of Twilight. One of the only guys, though, that's really into the Twilight series, and uh, it's excellent. So we're going to have them, and then at the end of the show, Miles and I are just going to chit-chat a little bit about what we think TV, what's been going on in the world of television, maybe any other movies that we watched, and so on. So it sounds good, doesn't it? Certainly does. It certainly will work. Well, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us into our trivia for this week? Okay, since uh, New Moon is really hot right now, and we're gonna have our friends talk about the movie and and give their thoughts about it, um, thought it appropriate to do a trivia question on uh, New Moon. So, what does uh, Stargate, Sanctuary, and New Moon have in common? And if you know the answer to this. You, too, can win a copy of Clifton Collins Jr. as IL in Star Trek Eleven, and we'll be giving that, sending that print out to you. Yeah, you can even get it for Christmas. Give it as a gift if you want. So perfect opportunity for that. And uh, so it's good. It's good. And uh, Oh, by the way, does Star Trek Eleven have an, an official title other than the Star Trek Eleven? I think it's just – they. it was just billed as Star Trek. Yeah, the beginning. I don't know, whatever it's called. Anyways, if you know the answer to this trivia question, you can call us at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, 508 4343 or you can email us 
at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or contact us at the sci-fi diner on Twitter with your answers. Make sure you put your address and you do have until next Wednesday. Uh, I believe that is December 9th at six o'clock Eastern standard time to get that into us. Uh, so we can get into the show and pull your name from, from a hat and pronounce the winner on that show. So uh, make sure you let us know, and uh, we'll be happy to give that out. We're just giving out signed prints all over the place. Uh, before we get into our interview, we want to share a promo from our friends at Tuning In to Sci-Fi, uh, and uh, you listen to what they have. If you get a chance, if you want to know anything about genre television that's going on, they give you the stats, the facts, and everything. So Ghost Infected Frank, he passed it on to the other guys, and I got it from his corpse? Right. Hello, Echo. How are you feeling? Did I fall asleep? For a little while. Previously on Heroes. You had to go and be the detective, didn't you, Matt? I'm not an aggressive person, but... Ugh, man, there's just way too much on all I these like channels. Things, but only in-game. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this one. In your dreams, Loaf. Bite my shiny metal hat. Sometimes I get, I get vision. Walter, what are you doing? Watch and learn. I wish there was some way to find out what's really worth watching. There is. What? Who? What was that? Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the viewer's guide to genre television. Where is that coming from? With its spoiler-free quick reviews and water cooler and the spoiler-filled in-depth back porch discussions, Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is the only resource fans need to know what's on, what's good, and what's coming soon in science fiction and fantasy television. How did you get into my house? Join Kevin, Wendy, and Brent each week for the latest in genre television. I'm calling the police. Uh, you can find Tuning into Sci-Fi TV at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com. No, seriously. How did you get into my house? Welcome back. In a moment here, we're going to be airing and sharing with you our interview with Don and Terry, both of which give the male and the female perspective of New Moon. If you listen to this show for a while, as I've said before, you will have heard Don's voice. should be somewhat familiar. And because he was on many of the earlier episodes, at least the first 10 episodes and maybe a few after that. But he was, uh, he was on the show and we're at episode... Uh, 42, so that's been quite some time. Well, you just want to warn you that if you are listening to this at this interview and you have not seen New Moon, we are going to spoil it for you. So if you don't want to be spoiled, put this episode in pause, come back after you've seen it, and then hear our thoughts, or hear Don and Terry's thoughts on the show. Uh, any other comments we should make here? Miles, you did not see the movie, as you're going to say in the interview here, but your wife, did your wife actually go see it? Uh, she has not seen it yet, but I know she's planning on it. Uh, she's a big fan of the books, and she has seen the, the last movie, so it shouldn't be too much longer before she'll see this one. But you have no plans to see it. I, I don't want to say, I, you know, definitely not. I mean, I just haven't had a chance to see the, the first one yet. I'd be interested in seeing it now. I mean, uh, the whole vampire werewolf thing does intrigue me, but I know it's really, it's really more of a love story in this whole thing dealing with werewolves and uh, vampires. Yeah, you know what? And I did watch part of Twilight. I don't think I ever finished it for whatever reason. It's still in my, uh, still downstairs <laughs> somewhere. Um, but it's a, it's a good story if we want to get it. My, and I think the cool thing for me being an English teacher is that this has gotten students reading. 
Oh, sure. So, I mean, I'm not going to argue with it, you know. I may not be a huge fan of the genre of the love story, but the fact that I have, you know, tons of girls now, especially, and even some guys that are, are reading a 600-page book in high school, I'm not sure I'd have been caught dead doing that. So, Hey, they're not playing video games or watching lots of TV. They're, you know, doing something that's engaging their mind a little. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we should talk, right? How much TV do you watch? No, wait. <laughs> anyway, here we go with our interview with Don and Terry. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Donner podcast. Uh, Miles, we have two very special guests, actually friends of ours that are here on the show tonight to talk about New Moon. This is good because we will get a woman's perspective on it and a man's perspective on Which it. Which is actually pretty cool because this is not typically what you consider to be a male movie. So it'll be interesting to get uh, Don's perspective on this and uh, as well as Terry's. Uh, so as I gave their names away, Terry is joining us. How are you doing, Terry? I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, and you have seen the movie how many times now? I've seen it twice. Twice. And uh, and you read the book how many times? Twice as well. Okay, so you are much more of an expert compared to Miles and I. Miles, how many times have you read the book? I must confess, um, I have not. You have not. And uh, And how many times have you seen the movie? Uh, haven't seen it. Yeah, well, you know, that's where I'm at. I'm right with you. But Don, the other member of this panel, uh, Don, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. You're doing fine. And uh, and how many times have you seen New Moon? I've seen it once. But you want to see it again, right? I do. I would like to see it again. So, it uh, very good. Yeah. so if you can convince any of your fellow college students to go see it, you'll go see it, right? <laughs> no. How's that? How's that? You know? <laughs> okay. All right. So it has to be the right crowd is and what you're next saying. Question. <laughs> next what? question. It has to be the right crowd then is what you're telling me. But right. Exactly. <laughs> but you have also read New Moon, the book, and are familiar enough with this. You're halfway through Eclipse is what you're telling me, right? Right, right. And, uh, and you read Twilight. So you're familiar with how this fits into the series as a whole. Yeah, well, very good. Well, why don't we go ahead and have one of you kind of give us a, a recap. What is New Moon about in general? I realize there's some discrepancies in the book, but in general, what is new uh, the book and the movie? But what is New Moon about? Uh, Don, Don, flip a coin. yeah, flip a coin. Don, take it away, and uh, Terry, you can okay. fill in any gaps. Okay. New New Moon clearly is, uh, in fact, the movie is titled The Twilight Saga. New, and New Moon. New Moon is the second movie in a series of movies that are following the Twilight series of books by Stephanie Meyer. New Moon, New Moon picks up exactly where Twilight left off, and Bella and Edward are kind of trying to live a normal life. It opens up as it's Bella's birthday, and there's going to be a big party that she does not want to have at the Cullen house, and the Cullens are the coven of vampires that live in Forks, Washington. Um, so, do I need to explain the whole story? Nah, just a synopsis of the story is fine. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> you, but you kind of launched so, into I'm, it, so you, you, have, okay. you have to finish it now. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so um, 
The birthday party has an event that occurs. Bella cuts herself, and one of the Colin family members attacks her. Edward has to hold him off. Um, this whole incident drives Edward to leave for the co- the whole Colin family leaves for because of this incident. They just think it's too dangerous for Bella. Edward thinks it's too dangerous for Bella to live in his lifestyle. And so he and all the Collins move away. And he completely disconnects himself from Bella. There's a lot of emotion that goes on there between that because of the love they have for each other. So um, and does Jake, Edward and them move away. Does Jacob, does Jacob fill the void then for this? I'm getting there. Okay, yeah. And do, do, <laughs> do they move to Italy? Is that right? What? Do they move to Italy, right? No. Um, no, they do not. No, oh, no, no. Is it, Italy's is, later. Hang, hang oh, on. Okay. Just, you know, I Let just, me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sure, Scott. But, you, know, I, you know, I'm just jumping the gun. So there's a few months of depression, and in those months of depression of Bella, Jacob comes in and reestablishes friendship with Bella. Jacob had previous friendship with Bella. They grew up together when Bella was little and came to visit her dad. Her and Jacob used to play. So there's a pre-existing relationship there that gets reintroduced because Edward is gone. And in my opinion, Bella needs a man, (laughs) which is kind of (laughs) pathetic. That's just my opinion. So, um, (laughs) So Jacob reintroduces himself. And in the midst of their friendship growing and growing, um, Jacob, um, how, how, how do you say it? He becomes a he becomes a werewolf in the midst of all this, because his Indian tribe have a uh, there are some men within the tribe that have the genetic gene or whatever that become werewolves, and the werewolves are the killers of vampires. Like they kill bad vampires. Now they don't kill the Cullens from the first movie because of a treaty they made hundreds of years ago. It says that as long as the Cullens stay off the Indians' land, the Indians won't kill them. So right in the middle of Jacob's increasing relationship with Bella, he, he joins the team of wolves that protects the tribe. And um, this causes some conflict because now he, he wants to break off their relationship because he doesn't want her, kind of for the same reason Edward did, because it's just a bad lifestyle to live in. Now Bella is all emotionally stressed out between these two things. In the midst of all this, um, she, oh, Carrie, I forgot all about the uh, dreams. <laughs> okay, Bella has been having <laughs> dreams. And, and what happens is when, when Bella gets an adrenaline rush, she sees Edward. So she's come to learn the only way she can see Edward is through these adrenaline rushes. Like, um, riding a motorcycle that, that she's built with Jacob or um, messing around with bad guys in um, what's that top? Port Angeles or just anything that gives her a rush she sees Edward so she's constantly doing things that put her in turmoil because it's the only way she sees Edward well the last attempt she jumps off a cliff she like cliff dives into the ocean and she's like in the midst of seeing Edward and Jacob saves her and brings her to shore. This incident, um, plus something Jacob does, causes Edward to think she's dead. So Alice 
comes to visit Bella and tells Bella that um, Edward is going to Italy where the head of the vampires lives. They're called the Volturi Coven, Coven, Volturi Coven, and they kind of set the rules for vampires all over the world. He's going there to um, ask permission to be dead because if Bella's not alive, then he doesn't want to be alive either. He gets there, and Alice and Bella are chasing after him to stop him, but the coven won't kill him because they like his power. He has the ability to, meet, to read minds. So they like this ability, and they want to use it. Well, Edward doesn't want to use it. He wants to die. So the only way for him to die is to reveal himself to the human population of the town. If he does that, then the Volturi will kill him hands down. So Edward's in the midst of this, Bella shows up, and Alice shows up, and it's kind of like they is saved. Long story short, Bella and Edward come back to uh, Forks, and it's kind of where the movie ends. In the midst of all this is um, Alice, uh, no, Victoria, who was a bad vampire from the first movie. She's kind of hunting Bella because Bella's mate killed her mate. So there's a little uh, revenge thing going on there. That kind of, I, that continues into the next book. So they don't really uh, resolve that situation in this movie at all. Hmm. So there we go. I think, Terry, if I've covered it pretty much. Yeah, you hit just about all the details. Pretty... The only thing I would, go yeah, ahead. the only thing I would say is that when Bella jumped off the cliff, uh, Alice didn't see her come back up, so she was checking to see if she was dead, and in that process she had okay. called her sister Rosalie, and Rosalie right. was actually the one who called Edward to tell her, tell him that uh, Bella was dead. So, uh, Terry, how yeah. impressive is this that Don gave such a detailed recap of the movie? I have to say, <laughs> I am pretty impressed. <laughs> Uh, because I don't know about you, like I, I just look at my students, right? Because my students, I, I have, I teach the age group that this movie is really targeted to, right? The teen crowd, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I had in the in the two years since these books have really kind of become popular, I can count on one hand, I, I think on one finger, the, the the male students that have actually read through the series. It's been girls, females, hands down. And I don't know, it, it, just going to the theater, was that true in the theaters then as well for both of you? Yeah. No, in this, well, no. When I went to the theater on opening night at midnight, I couldn't believe how many guys were there. Now, most of them were dragged by their girlfriends, I will admit. <laughs> but there were some of them hooting and hollering during some of the wolf scenes, so they were definitely enjoying the movie. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but, but. The wolf scenes were impressive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. But but uh, Don, when you went, mostly females. It was mostly yeah. It was mostly teenage girls. Uh, yeah, mostly, mostly. There were a few guys here and there that you could see were dragged by their. But I went. I kind of went with a co a coworker from Sight and Sound and her daughter and her daughter's friend. So. I had an excuse to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. They, they had to drag you yeah. there, Don. They had to drag you. I'm trying to figure out how I'm trying to figure out a way to get to see it out here that doesn't look creepy. So I don't <laughs> I know how to do that. 
<laughs> oh man! Oh but, man! Uh, should we do remarks? Well, we can. One thing: which side do you come on? Are you are you in the Jacob side or the Edward side? Don, go ahead. Because you have to take sides. I was me, told. Me? Yes. Um, it's a really tough call. I'm fairly pro Edward. Um, but well, I'll leave my remarks for later. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly. Pro- I like I like Jacob, but but as far as the relationship goes, I, I'm. I'm pro-Edward, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Terry? Yeah, I am definitely Team Edward, but really that comes into the fact that I've read all the books. And so, come Eclipse, I really get a nasty taste for Jacob. Okay. So, New Moon, Jacob is tolerable, but come Eclipse, not so much. I am Team Edward all the way. All right, very cool. Uh, go ahead, Miles. Love you. Um... You said that the demographic was mostly uh, women. Um, what in the movie might bring the guys to come see it? Well, in my opinion, the fight scenes with the wolves and the graphics with the wolves was absolutely amazing. And then also just like the fight scene with the Volturi in Italy was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, any opinion? Um, Don? Yeah, I, I also think that couple. I also think there's a whole culture out there of werewolf vampire kind of, you know, agenda that that would draw male or female to come see it, no matter what kind of movie it is, because it's about vampires and werewolves and and that whole culture. But I think mostly it's what Terry said. Right now, Terry, did you get? Did Steve go with you? At any of those? No, Steve won't go with me until it's at uh, the two dollar theater. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, it has to hit Kendrick. So yeah, exactly. So he did come see at, see Twilight at Kendrick with me, and I got him to watch the DVD with me when it came out. But as for going like for a regular price movie, not so much. Mm. Okay, I wasn't. I wasn't sure if he was going to be into that or not so you know and that's true don you mentioned that there are other movies like i I think one of them of course underworld and the the entire saga of underworld was very male dominated as far as the people that went to see that uh right but but what makes a movie like underworld different uh, from twilight as far as that goes hmm actually there's a similar plot in underworld in a relationship between a wolf and a vampire um there's a lot more action involved in Underworld than there is in, in, in the Twilight movies. However, what's interesting is that the head of the Volturi coven in New, Mute, New Moon was the head of the Lycans in Underworld. Is the same actor. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he got to play a werewolf in the Underworld movies. He was in all three of them. And then, and now he's playing, you know, because he's going to be, I'm guessing he's going to be continuing on in his role in the next movie because the Volturi are in the next movie. So, but yeah, it's kind of funny, but I won't make much connection between those two movies, except that they're about werewolves and vampires. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Now, uh, 
we'll get into some of the other the actors and stuff. Let's talk about uh, let's get some of your impressions off this uh, movie. So you saw the movie. We kind of just went through the synopsis. We figured out what side you're on. Tell us thoughts on the movie, your impressions of it, just first off the bat. Why don't we start with you, Terry? I'm sorry, you're looking for my opinion on the movie Absolutely. compared to the book? Well, it can be it can be compared to the book or it can be uh, just your thoughts on the movie in general and then if you want to take it from the book, that's fine too and then Don, we'll have Don go. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was, the storyline was great, the timing was great, um, just meaning that it kept moving. Uh, so I have to say, I'm honestly... When it comes to books to movies, I'm usually a book purist, but with New Moon, I enjoyed it better than the book. Uh, the book itself, for me, tended to be a little bit slower, and the movie was definitely a lot more action-packed, and it seemed to move things along quicker, and I totally appreciated that. Hmm. Well, that's cool. And uh, Don? Uh, I'm going to just have to um, do a I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you 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 agreed with the fact that uh, you liked the movie just as well as the book. Yeah, okay. I think it I think it covered the book as best it could in two hours. I think it did a great job. The things that were added to the movie that aren't in the book, I think, were totally fine and fit in well with the storyline. So I don't. Yeah, it was it was very nice. Well, now let me ask you. Yeah. I, I heard I heard that they did change the ending from the book. Is that correct? Mm. Or not really? Oh, a little not really. bit. Mm. They made the whole Italy thing a lot more action-packed than it was in the book. The book was really kind of just a whole lot of talking and no fighting, whereas the movie yeah. was a lot more fighting than talking. Yeah. yeah. And then they changed yeah. the... Oh, they changed, like, the placement of things at the end of the book. Like, they did everything that, the, the way that the book ended, but instead of, like, having the scene take place in Bella's bedroom, they had it out in the woods. Okay. Yeah. So, but you felt it was, like, minor details that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have the main Twilight cast. Miles, you had a question about casting, didn't you? Yes. Um, um, any well-known actors we'd recognize in this movie? I know that in the first film they used a lot of unknowns, but uh, I was wondering maybe the well, second film. Yeah, they, 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 um, the Volturi is an interesting cast of people you would know from the sci-fi world. Like the, um, well, the lead Volturi, besides being in the Underworld movies, is also the actor who played the Prime Minister in The Queen. Ooh. He's the same guy. Okay. I forget his name. And then the um, the older Volturi, well, they're all about the same age, but the Volturi, I would say, that was to the left of Arrow, um, I forget his name, but that's Heyerdahl from Sanctuary, and, you know, he was the Wraith in yeah, Todd Stargate. The, Todd the Wraith. Yeah, and then... The Volturi to the right, um, the only other thing I know that he was in was he was in Johnny Depp's, um, uh, oh, The Barber That Kills Everyone. Oh, Todd Sweeney, Sweeney yeah. Todd. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. He was the young man who was attracted to the mayor's daughter. 
um, in that. And then the two, um, that girl, was that Dakota Fanning that played? Yeah, that was. Crazy Jane? Yeah, that was yeah. Dakota Fanning. Yeah, I can't, she's kind of annoying, but that's okay. Yeah. It was an annoying character, so she fit the role well. Yeah. Now, would, was, was she not in the first Twilight movie? No, yeah. no, the Volturi were not in there at all. Okay, yeah. so she's she's in this one. It's interesting to see her coming back because, you know, she kind of disappeared off the radar. She was this young child actor and then disappeared. And the first thing I saw her in was she did the movie Push, which got – you know, mediocre, yeah. Oh, yeah. mediocre reviews. Probably the best uh, part was the first 15 minutes of the movie, but it's, uh, but so it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of good to see her at least back in major theater right. again a little bit. Yeah. Right. Right. And she did well. She played the role well. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't a very yeah. big role. Like really you see no. here for a total of five minutes. Yeah. Why we hurt? see her more in Eclipse, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so not all the Volturi then are in Eclipse because Heyerdahl's not in Eclipse. He's in Breaking Dawn. I don't know. I didn't read all of Eclipse. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. Well, here, let me, let, let me spoil it for you. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll ruin it for Don. No. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's kind of uh, – so, so those are the notable actors as far as what how people might recognize if they go to see the movie other than the main cast. That we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about the special effects in the movie. Don, go ahead. Why don't you start us this time? Hmm. I mean, really, the only special effect for the shape shifting werewolf, and I thought, uh, Carrie, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but man, they looked a lot bigger in the movie than they did in the trailers. <laughs> they were oh, huge. Yeah. They were huge. <laughs> They looked about the size of a normal dog in the trailer, and then you get to the movie and like, holy cow. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. But I think they did a good job in the CGI transition. I thought it was done well. So, mm. But that was really oh, yeah. about the only special effects. That... And then the, I... well, the vampires moving quickly. That's yes. that done well, I think, too. But, but, no, yeah. but no cheesy CGI or anything like that. No, I think the only thing that Don missed was the whole um, dream apparitions of Edward when Bella was having her adrenaline rushes. Oh, I thought those were done well, too, yeah. 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 Hmm. All right. And then I love the, um, this isn't really a special effect, but I love the the race to Edward in Volturi in the town Mm -hmm. and all the red capes. That was really kind of a nice, that really isn't the first effect, but it had a very um, operatic feel to it. It was nice. Mm. Now, you, you've been mentioning uh, what we've been kind of pro New Moon. Is there anything not to like in this movie? And uh, I, 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 it, there's one thing. Go ahead, Don. There's one thing I didn't like, but I'll let Terry go first. Okay, Terry, go ahead. <laughs> Well, okay, I have a couple things that I didn't like. The one thing that they twisted from the movie, or from the book to the movie, was at Bella's birthday party when um, she got cut. In the book, Edward moved to protect her, and, like, he held her and protected her from Jasper, the other vampire in his family. And in the movie, he protects her by slamming his arm into her and slamming her up against the wall, I'm just sitting there going, that is not protecting. 
that was just so overdone and over dramatized, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then, um, what was the other thing? Oh, when uh, Bella is in Port Angeles with Angela, and they're walking down the road, and she sees the guys in the biker, or at the biker bar. Yeah. The lines yeah. that those guys were throwing out were awful. Like, you heard a lot of, awful. shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. I'm like, this is a group of 24-year-old or 25-year-old guys. They're not going to be sitting there saying, no, you shut up. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, other as well. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, everything else I thought was pretty good. Okay, Don. Okay. The only, okay, I have those two complaints as well, but <laughs> the other complaint I have, and I'd love to hear Terry's comments on this, is I I had a real issue with Edward in the movie. Not so much the character as the pathetic actor that played him. Oh. Like I, yeah. I just thought I just thought there were some times where Edward was just so pouty. Yeah, and I was like, "This is not a, this is not a masculine role model that I want teenage men like. I, I want teenage men to look up to him because of what he stands for, and that is clearly restraint and some decent moral values. But when right. you pass him off as being kind of wimpy and pouty, who who's going to look up to that? <laughs> That's my only clear complaint about the movie. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I didn't, I'm not a big fan of Robert Pattinson in the first movie. I'm not a big fan of him in the second movie. And Don's exactly right. The way that, and it's not necessarily its fault. I mean, it might be the directors, but the way that they have him playing it is so wussy and pouty. And I just remember sitting in the movie at one point and going, oh, here we go. Edward's going to cry again or, (laughs) or have a little wine fest. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it, it wasn't you know, it wasn't necessarily something that was just New Moon. You're saying that this was Edward from the first movie. Too. Yeah, I mean it's carried yeah. on into both movies. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Miles. What? Miles. Are you there? Did I lose? I Miles? think we lost. Check. 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 Oh, there you are. There you are. Okay. So, uh, Miles, you wanted to comment. Uh, throw a comment in there about the two movies yeah how does this movie compare with the other movie they, i mean uh as far as sequels go uh just as good better worse i would definitely mm. say it was better for me I'm it right was better yeah yeah so you, you thought it was an overall a better ride a better uh, enjoyment now if i let's say i'm not i'm not a twilight fan Let's say I want to go see this movie. Do I need to go watch Twilight first? The first one? Oh, yeah. You have to just to get the whole story yeah, on. Yeah. 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 Especially to understand the relationship between the three main characters, Jacob, Edward, and Bella. You need to see the first movie for that to have yeah. an impact on you in the second movie. Mm. Well. Yeah. Well, this movie's definitely uh, raked in the bucks. Uh, I think the totals as of yesterday, $233 million bringing in in the first wow. two weekends. Yeah, uh, and, wow. it, it, and believe it or not, it grossed more overseas, $243 million. Grossing t- close, That's amazing. Grossing close to $500 million its second weekend. 
Wow. Yeah, that's it's, yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing. And uh, guess how much you made the movie for? Oh, yeah, next to nothing. Yeah, $50 million. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty Wait, amazing. Isn't there an economic recession? I'm sorry. What was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't there an economic recession going on somewhere? Somewhere. I, I don't know where that's happening. Obviously not the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least obviously not with uh, teenagers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're stealing it. They're stealing it from their parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes to show they can still make good movies for uh, you know under fifty million dollars. Well, that's true because we have what we have Avatar. Com- like- we have Avatar coming out, you know, in a few weeks, five hundred million dollars. Oh my god! That's a price tag on it. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to gross gross enough to pay for it. But no, well, I'm going to another s- story. For that, time. That, that is a movie I'm planning to see in the theater, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. yeah, me too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, <laughs> we'll be there. So, so there's like $30 right there towards that $500 million price tag. Hey, we're, we will support James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So so this book, Smack Dab in Between Here and Eclipse, uh, when, when you read the books, how did this – I know, the, uh, Don, you're only partway through Eclipse – how does New Moon feel on the heels of Twilight, and, and, and how does it stand up? Out of the three books, I know there's a fourth, Breaking Dawn, in there as well. But out of the books, where what is your favorite Twilight book so far? Don, why don't you start, and then we'll have Terry maybe give the perspective on all four or all five if she's read the host. <laughs> but well, I definitely like New, I definitely like New Moon better than Twilight as far as but reading goes. From what I've heard around the culture. The fourth book is the best, but I don't know. Yeah. I oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's oh. what I, from the people I've heard say they like the fourth book the best. Okay. And, but I don't know. Uh, Terry? That's so funny because in my circle, like, hardly anyone likes the fourth book. But huh. anyways, my, my favorite book is Eclipse. Um, and then I would say it would go Twilight. Uh, Breaking Dawn and then New Moon because New Moon book wise was not my favorite because like I said it was a little bit slow there was a lot of time killing in it and like you read the first couple chapters you just want to bear through the middle and then the ending is just fantastic <laughs> mm-hmm. now, now have you read The Host at all? Isn't that the, I have not read The, I have not read uh, the Host because that is the perspective of Edward right? No, you got that mistaken. The host is a whole other series. Oh, that's it's actually that's about right. aliens. That's right. That's right. That's right. I forgot. What What is the book that was uh, that, that she's writing or was kind of writing and was pre released from Edward's perspective? What was that called? Or didn't she have a name? Midnight for it? Sun. Thank you, Midnight Sun. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. So, did you read that? I did. Did you? And I'm very sad that she's not planning on continuing it because it's absolutely fantastic. Okay. Now, did you did you read it all, I, all offline? I concur. I read it as well. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And that is a male perspective to Twilight, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So this is a book that could get males going to the movie theater then to see Twilight. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You're not convinced. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not convinced. No. It's still all about romance and everything. Yeah. Gosh darn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm <Get> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that romance. 
Well, um, hey, I need to wrap up. Yeah, Miles. Any any uh, any final questions we have before we cut these guys loose? Um, I guess. um, I mean, I know it is more of a love story, but um, how deep do they get with the whole vampire werewolf lore? I mean, is that something that may satisfy a male viewer who is really into that sort of thing? No, I, I think New Moon doesn't get very deep into it to satisfy male interest. Too deep. I mean, no. they just, yeah, they just stick to the old um, Cullen Treaty and don't really talk too much about, yeah, the nature of... That might get a little better in Eclipse, but I don't know. Mm. And Terry, your well, opinion? Yeah, I would have to agree with Don with that. It doesn't really satisfy the whole uh, vampire versus werewolf thing. And even in the clips, like, they end up teaming up together and working together. So there's no, like, conflict that way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Don, if I ruined the book for you. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I think I knew that part of it, so don't worry. Now, uh, but, Don, um, Don before, I think, before, go ahead. Just give me just a quick final thought as we wrap up here. What I think is great about both movies is the relationship between Bella and Edward, even between Bella and Jacob. There's, um, you know, an amount of restraint, not so much a restraint. In, like There is that part of restraint where he doesn't want to feed on her, but there's also a restraint in the emotional love that he's showing her that, that I'm impressed with. And there's and there's a, a morality to Edward and Bella's relationship that I personally am impressed with. That 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 I feel they're trying. I hope they're trying to communicate that to the audience. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to probably ruin some stories, but at one point Bella gets pregnant after she's married. Like yes. her and Edward get married, and then she gets pregnant. Like that's a little bit odd in today's society for that to occur. That is. But I'm impressed with that particular scene throughout the books. So that's kind of one of the reasons I continue to go to them and continue to read them. Mm. Because you feel like the morality is there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which is is unusual. You're right. Um, Yeah, but anyway. Okay, well. That's uh, my final thought. That's your final thought. And so if you were to rate this movie out of five stars, Don, what would you give it? I'll give it. I'll give it four. You give it a four. Best movie of the year for you? <laughs> mm, I haven't seen Avatar yet. Oh, so <laughs> ask you after Avatar, right? Yeah. Okay. But all right. So far, I would say yes. Okay. And uh, Terry, uh, any final thoughts from your end? Not really. I mean, I would totally have to agree with Don. I love the fact that the storyline does have morals, which is so counteractive of what this culture is these days and even with um to tag on with it with bella and jacob yes there's some feeling sometimes that bella is leading jacob on but throughout the whole story she's telling jacob i can't you know love you the same way i just want to be your friend and i'm sorry and even though she needs him as a friend and he wants so much more she's always saying, you know, I can't give you more. And I just appreciate the fact that she's not leading him on. She's not, you know, trying to pretend to love him. Mm. 
No. Right, very cool. And you would rate it what out of five? I think I would agree with a four. Oh, good four. Well, thanks, guys, so much for coming on the show and talking about Twilight. You know much more about it than Miles and I do, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks so much. Thank you. What is Stranger Things? Stranger Things is the world's first science fiction anthology series syndicated on the internet, shot and released in high definition for free. How is this possible? Welcome to the Cutting Edge, says Chris Miller, co-founder of PatioBooks.com. This is great online entertainment, says Michael R. Menenge of Farpoint Media. J.C. Hutchins, author of Seventh Son, says Earl Newton and his crew are out of their mind. Stranger Things is a mini-masterpiece playing right there on your screen. There are stranger things in heaven and earth that are dreamt of in your philosophy. Go to StrangerThings.tv and find out just how strange... Your world can be. Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our interview with, uh, I was going to say Steve and Terry. Don and Terry here on this uh, as they talked about New Moon, the Twilight Saga, and um, might make you want to go see it, and or at least rent it. Might be worth checking out as a rental. That's what I'm going to do probably, and Miles, it sounds like you might do the same. Sure. Yeah, and uh, you also heard from our good friend at Stranger Things TV as they put out these little video clips of strange things in the world of science fiction. So you can check them out. Um, but right now we are going to talk about some of our favorite genre shows. So, Miles, I know that you are gung-ho and crazy about SGU. Let's start there. Uh, loving it, and uh, something my wife is watching with me too, so that's good. It's a show her and I can get into together. Um, strongly character-driven show, and it, it's a situation that's, you know, it's it's a powder keg waiting to go off. You have, you know, eighty some people trapped on this ship and fighting for survival, but it's uh, just just really interesting in how they're all, all trying to cope with it. Like the fact that they can sometimes sort of go to Earth with those stones. And um, try to try to see their loved ones a little bit, but um, it's just a it's just a very engaging show right now. Mm-hmm. Really like it. One of my favorite episodes of the season happened two episodes ago: the time travel episode, um, the one about time, where they see them, they they go to a planet and discover a keynote and and uh, discover themselves on it. I thought that was kind of uh, cool. And I know, you know, I told you, Miles, we had actually had a chance to get together uh, since we live close enough to actually watch some of the episodes. And I did not like life when I first saw it. And it kind of redeemed itself the second time I was viewing it with the character development and them going to Earth and what was happening on the ship and that chair that they kind of introduced. All kind of intriguing and building up the mystery that something bigger is going to happen here. Right. You know, now that they discovered this chair, you know, somebody's going to sit in the chair. The question is who? Yeah. 
I mean, is this there waiting for someone? Uh, are, are we going to place any bets on who we think is going to actually sit in that chair? I have a feeling it might be the, the, the one sergeant, um, the one who the, the, the African-American uh, guy, um, he, he intimated, you know, if, if we get them home, he would do it. And I remember um, Rush and that uh, sergeant having a conversation towards the end of that episode saying Rush said he, he would need his help or something. Right. So I think he's a good candidate for it. Oh, yeah, they might be leading up to that. The other person I think might work well there would be Eli. Yes, he, he would be a good one, too. Yeah, I'm because thinking he's, because he's kind of like the Colonel Jack O'Neill of the episode. He brings the humor, the light, the light, the 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 bumbling humor that's kind of fun. Not, not that Jack O'Neill was that, but he, he gives kind of that humorous take. And can, so imagine getting like the knowledge of the ancients kind of mm-hmm. embedded into this guy that's just this humorous, bumbling guy. He's know. he's the unlikely hero. I mean, he is. Just, he is, and he's been so from the very beginning in the get go. Yeah, I like the the, the conflicts between, between him and Rush. I mean, uh, there is you know definitely a competition going on between them two, um, subtle though it may be. But um, you know, it, it's a show with lots of interesting conflicts between the actors. There's people who. Have, uh, the characters, everybody seems to have an agenda. And so it's like three different agendas going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on. Another show you're watching. Uh, v. And oh. I'm so sad. Uh, it was last week was the last one on for a while. But uh, again, so, another so, show. So they are not airing another one until when? March. That totally sucks, Caldert. That, 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 that blows. I mean, it's just uh, – <laughs> It does. You know, I got my wife into it. My wife loves V. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just wow. I'm sad. I'm sad. It's not on to March. Yeah, I'm. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me that they would run four episodes this month, and um, you know, we have to wait, you know, three months for it to come back. I'd rather I'd rather see it start in March and just work its way into the early part of summer. Yeah, I think that would have been a better choice. Um, because I, I I fear that what's going to happen is we may we may lose some of the audience. Even as good as it is, um, I, I don't know how devoted people will be when it comes back on. You know what they're going to have to do anyways is re-air those four episodes beforehand just to catch that, people back up. That would be smart if they did. I can't imagine them not. But you know you know you never know with network television. But uh, well, I can get it for ABC. I mean, they have gotten behind their shows. Um, recently so um maybe there's a chance you know v, v could keep going it's, yeah, it's gotten really interesting mean, they, they, they've barely in some ways they've barely scratched the surface with yeah. the whole the humans discovering who the, the visitors really are I mean, I mean some of them do know who they really are yeah but, and, and the whole fifth column thing yeah. right i tell you what they i did you know what yeah alan tudyk this guy was incredible in v you saw he, he, you saw yeah. a side of him like when when you picture this guy you're thinking okay you're thinking wash right when I think about that, he's he, he's kind of this funny happy go lucky space uh you know this ship's captain right not captain but pilot um, but then you see him in Dollhouse where he's kind of this sinister, sinister psychomaniac and then you see him in this episode a very serious you know kind of urgent man and I'm just you're seeing a side of him you don't that I don't typically see of him. Mm-hmm. You know, Alan Tudyk is a, is a great actor. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think he's gotten his due yet, but uh, he has definitely shown tremendous range. And 
it's too bad he, we're not going to see him anymore. I mean, they, they killed him off, but uh, they didn't have any choice. I mean, he he had knowledge. He, you know, he knew who the one. Uh, you know, his partner. You know, his his partner saw his his true part of his true appearance. So they had to deal with him somehow. And, they, they did by killing him off. Yeah, by a traitor, nonetheless. Talk about that. Talk about a twist that you weren't expecting about him being ahead of the fifth column. Exactly. And um, and he's on the ship, the New York He's ship. on the ship. And it seems that, um, well, treachery is punished very, uh, very cruelly. Um, um, they, you know, they said something about skinning him alive or something like that. I mean, it's just the, the uh, whoever the traitor was. Wow. So the one guy, the one guy stepping forward. So this guy, the lead doctor, wouldn't have to. I mean, um, we just watched that episode again when he actually kills uh, uh, Alan Tudyk's character, whatever his name is. Um, when they kill him, and also uh, that that episode had so many twists um, with Anna really, you know, in a sense faking the old, the the their own assassination attempt in order to gain public sympathy. <laughs> It's been a very they had, the visitors have very clever marketing machines. They are well. very devious, very devious. Trying to earn a huge trust. Yeah. Uh, let's talk fringe. Fringe. Um, last episode with the observer, it was okay. It didn't do that much for me. Um, I, I, I I'm enjoying it, but I, I fear it's starting to lose its momentum. I hope I'm wrong. Ooh, ooh! I don't like hearing that, Miles. No, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't need to. No. No, I no. love the show. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like I was expecting something different out of the Observer episode. I mean, the Observers have been this mysterious character that you've seen clips of, and every once in a while you'd have uh, a little bit bigger encounters with as the season has gone along in last season. And here we have an episode devoted to them, but we don't really find out anything about them. You know, you just kind of see them kind of going through their current day life and we don't find out where they came from. And when we get little glimpses of potentially a greater history, I felt like it was kind of left me wanting more. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how they – I'm not caught up in the first season yet, so I don't know if they dealt with that these observers are very long-lived beings that, you know, lived for centuries. But uh, that was interesting that they revealed that, you know, they they found them as – Ancient paintings, you know, from hundreds of years ago. So, any other any other shows we're watching? Flash Forward still holding your attention? Oh yeah, I'm still watching Flash Forward. Um, yeah, it's still a good show. I know that the the ratings in both of those is kind of V uh, and 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 V. Well, even Fringe and Flash Forward are kind of plummeted, but but I like these shows. These are still very well written and solid shows. Right and. The last flash forward, you know, kind of left, you know, what's going to happen next. I mean, um, was it Ralph Fiennes? Yeah, right? Ralph Fiennes' character. And um, John Cho's character, you know, it looks like they're going to be going to uh, Hong Kong some, somehow, some way. Yeah, that that does look like a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lady that uh, – isn't it the lady that plays the woman that they're kind of after that made the call to John Cho? His character um, isn't – isn't she the lady that played Persephone in The Matrix and Mary Magdalene in uh, that Christ movie? Oh, what was it called? Passion. <laughs> Thank Passion you, of Passion of Christ. I think it's the same lady. I could be wrong. Um, could be someone different, but she sound. I'm not certain, but she does sound familiar. I know I've heard that voice. Yeah, definitely heard that voice before. 
Well, Miles, why don't we go ahead and uh, anything else that we're watching, Dollhouse, because we said, of course, comes up with double episodes all December. You can be looking forward to that. Maybe by the time this podcast is out, they might even started, but don't forget to set your TiVos to record those double episodes. And uh, you're still watching Heroes? Yes, I'm not caught up yet. There's one more episode uh, I need to see. I didn't see it last Monday's. Um, so um, all I know is somebody dies. So... <laughs> Yeah, but that's all. That's all we know. I, I'm I'm way behind. I don't know if I'll get caught up. And Smallville, I'm way behind too. I don't know if I'll get caught up. Just we mentioned earlier that there were so many sci-fi shows on, and they just added to it with V, and I'm just not managing to keep up. There's a genre glut, as they would say. Okay, Miles, why don't you go ahead and uh, let's begin to wrap this up. Why don't we go ahead and give our sci-fi five and five? And Miles, I believe you're on this week. What's our topic? Uh. Really cool spaceships in sci-fi movies. Real cool spaceships. Go, go ahead. Yes. Um, now, this is no particular order. Spaceball 1 from Spaceballs. Serenity from Serenity. Love Cool cool spaceship. Uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer from uh, the first Star Wars film. Uh, well, that now knows Episode 4. But I just remember the first time seeing it, this, this one ship being chased by this giant spaceship. And it was the Imperial Star Destroyer. Uh, the Enterprise from the new Star Wars movie, and uh, number one, the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. Oh, absolutely! Oh, I would agree with uh, most of the most of the most of the ships on that list are pretty awesome. The Galactica should be in there somewhere, though. Miles, come on. Well, no, I love the Galactica. Don't get me wrong, but I was just limiting it to uh, movies. Oh yeah. Oh, so we're just movies, and that's TV shows. It's true. Although there'll yep. be a movie coming out, maybe we can put that in in a few years. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I believe that does it for our show tonight. If you want to find out anything else about us, please visit the sci-fi diner podcast.com website and you can interact with us on the, on the responding to the posts we put at, uh, put up and, uh, find out how you can get involved by supporting the show, see videos of us, visit our Facebook fan page and all that and more all from the website. And uh, I don't believe we need to give too much more information from that. Miles, how can they get a hold of you if they want to contact you throughout the week and harass you? Oh, okay. Uh, I am on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Son of War for Twitter. Also, I am on Trek Space, uh, Son of War for Trek Space. And I am I facilitate the Sci-Fi Diner on Twitter as well as Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G, on Twitter as well. And uh, those are two places that you can find me, and that's where I'm always at. And, uh... And the, the Facebook fan page as well, but we mentioned that, and there'll be a link in the show notes for that. So I believe that's about it, Miles. Okay. Well, uh, until then, good night and good luck. <laughs>